0: There, everybody welcome to up all night a horror anthology podcast my name is Cortland, and with me today is just brandon because we're on season four of tales from the crypt how you doing brandon hey courtland i'm doing just normal so boring brandon <laughs> i know you know this better than i do but we got a special guest today it's your yes, wife it's not it's-
1: just brandon
0: it's not we got your wife becca hi becca how are you doing today
2: hey good thanks for having me on again
1: Yes. yes back by popular demand actually because i have
2: one whole fan <laughs> we have
1: a fan who keeps asking me when rebecca's gonna be on again
0: i actually um i had somebody ask me not too long ago when you were coming back on i can't remember who it was oh, but probably things. the same person <laughs> it might have been your your dad <laughs> no it was somebody okay. else definitely but i'm always happy to have you on becca because i just love it when you're on here i was thinking Thank about you. it yeah i was in bed yesterday and i was like is this the third Where is this oh guy? wait i guess it was this morning but anyway i was in bed and i was like is becca been on three times or is this her fourth time because you were on twice for are you afraid of the dark and then you were in once for Goosebumps, right? You'll mm-hmm. just
2: have to check my IMDb page. I'm
0: pretty <laughs> sure, I'm <on> there. <laughs> I'm sure somebody has updated. <laughs>
2: um. Well, I do like being on, but I also usually am asleep, <laughs> and sometimes I come out to get water and stuff. Yeah. So that's why I'm not on more because I can't stay up all night. Like the name of the podcast.
0: So. It's okay. Time change yeah. literally just happened this past weekend. I had to wake up at five o'clock five five forty five before the podcast. Yeah, it's Saturday. What am I doing? The I things wake up, you have to do. Woke up earlier today than I do for my job. So, like, anyway, I'm old. I get it. So, <laughs> Becca, what you been doing? How's it been? How's it going?
2: Well, I've been watching the show Seventh Heaven a lot. Oh, do you boy. remember oh, that? Boy.
0: I never watched Seventh Heaven, but everybody loves it when Brandon brings it up, so it is a hit.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's um, really something, let me tell you. (laughs) They're always poking around in everyone's business, and everything is so dramatic. Anytime anything happens, there's like the ominous music
1: playing. (laughs) I love that. Um, Someone's questioning their faith in God. You can't have that.
2: <laughs> earlier I was watching one where there was this art mural and simon the boy in the family well one of the boys in the family joins this art thing at school and it turns out that the other guys doing the mural were like huffing the
0: I've heard the of that episode <laughs> yeah <laughs> like,
2: this and the dad's like kids die every year from this and i'm just thinking like i've never heard of anyone dying from this and yeah it might (laughs) it might be a thing like i'm sure it is if they bring it up but it's also maybe giving kids ideas to do that in the first place because i'm a grown adult and i didn't even know it was a thing so you know kids watching are like hmm yeah, I would like to try what the yeah, revs do. They look kids like doing. they're
1: having fun before <laughs> yeah. they start vomiting up blood.
2: Yeah, and every single time <laughs> something goes wrong, like, um, there was another one where this girl had been taking these drugs and they <gasps> had, um,. A f- what's that thing called it's is like every federal- episode about drugs oh there's a lot of them but anyway she'd be on <laughs> for like six months and as soon as these noisy people get involved that's when she has a problem and this one guy wanted a divorce and then as soon as they're involved he's in this car <laughs> accident like everyone's punished immediately <laughs> they're like the freaking NATO. they just show up everyone's business it's crazy but yeah, that's what I've been doing.
0: <laughs> so I like I said I've never seen Seventh Heaven. So my assumption is that this family gets involved and it ruins all the fun for everyone. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much, yeah.
2: Yeah, and they they are always just talking about drugs and sex and periods and
0: Damn, okay. Yeah.
1: You know, you know yeah. how there was like very special episodes of every 90s sitcom? I love the very
0: special episodes. Well, that's every episode of this show and there's like 11 years of it. Oh, it sounds like I'd love it. The only thing I know about Seventh Heaven, besides what Brandon has said, is uh, isn't one of the main kids the voice actor for Riku from Kingdom Hearts?
2: Yeah, um, Brandon actually bring that up when I was watching it. He's like, you've got a Kingdom Hearts poster right there. Everyone's going to think you're a massive Simon Gallagher
0: fan. (laughs) I love that. I'm glad you guys are watching Seventh Heaven. (laughs) I'm not well, gonna he, do it, he but. was
2: just kind of around. Yeah. I kind of like walk, really walk in and out
0: anything. of the room
1: and I catch like two minute clips and I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And then I walk out.
0: It sounds like one of the shows that like Conan would use for like his random wheel, you know? Oh,
1: it would be It'd so be good, yeah.
0: Well, you guys, we're not, wa- we're not talking about Seventh Heaven anymore, we're gonna talk about Tales of the Crypt because we just got done watching. Season four. Well, if you ever run out of
2: any horror related (laughs) shows, Seventh Heaven has a lot of material for you. So who knows?
0: (laughs) I bet you there's a seventh heaven watchcast. You know? Definitely. It's gotta be. It's too much too much gold to harvest out of that, you know.
1: Yeah. So what are we talking about today, Cortland?
0: We're gonna be talking about Tales from the Crypt, season four, episode one, None but the Lonely Heart.
1: Yeah, that's a title.
0: You know, Becca, i got to ask you first. Is this the first episode to of Tales from the Crypt that you've watched?
1: No,
2: um, I did watch a couple with Brandon. I watched the one with the Arquette girl. I forget her name. It's oh, the yeah. Scarecrow. Yes,
1: yeah, with the heavy breathing. And, and the, she was like, and the egg come collecting.
2: back to me. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, George, I think the guy's name was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, that one with the ventriloquist... But oh, it, it was actually He the wasn't Bobcat actually one. a
0: ventriloquist
2: <laughs> Yeah Okay, so this so is so seen all one. the best
0: ones uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well what did you think of None But the Lonely Heart?
2: It was good I liked it I'm a Treat Williams fan <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I liked it. It's probably my favorite out of what I've seen, but <laughs> don't come at me because I haven't really seen that many.
0: That's okay. The bar was low. I get it. <laughs> like I didn't, Not that I didn't like this episode. Bran, what, oh what did you think? Oh my gosh, I can't. Bran, what did you think of None But Alone the Oh,
1: I thought this episode was pretty good. Yeah, like it, It's got a, a nice little build up and you're like, all right, what's going on here? And you can kind of see... What's going on for the most part, but I will say the payoff is worth it. I think so too.
0: Yeah, like U turns into ridiculous just immediately, and you're like, "What the fuck?" So that was (laughs) great. That that was pretty great. Not gonna lie. Yeah. Well, let's just get into it. Let's get. Let's find out what's what all the is about. This, you know. All right. Our season opens up with our bestie, the Crypt Keeper. He's hanging out at a fancy dinner table with a gaggle of skeletons. One of those skeletons is playing a violin, and Crypty hates that shit. He yells, "Damn you, Marcel! Marcel? What did you say, Marcel? I don't know. Doesn't matter. I told you, we wanted violence, not violins." He smacks that skeleton to the ground, complaining that good help is so hard to fiend. isn't it, kitties? Then asks the two skeletons chilling there if they'd like a little more champagne. <laughs> Chuckles. Sorry, there's a lot of like puns here, but they're yeah. like. Rough puns. <laughs> <Yeah>. mm-hmm. <laughs> they're,
1: they're stretches, but he's trying to make it work.
0: He hopes we're hungry for tonight's murderous menu. It concerns a man that's learned that the fastest way to a woman's heart is with a pickaxe. He calls this tasty little hors d'oeuvre. Hors d'oeuvre. Hors d'oeuvre. I think he says horror. Appetizer. Horror d'oeuvre. It's a it's a tongue twister. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: It's none but the lonely heart. We take a very quick look at this picture. Like it's literally like two seconds that we get <laughs> to see. Like this they're thing. embarrassed of it. It really is. It was weird. This isn't one of the best ones, kiddies. (laughs) That like, let's just get this over with here. Uh, It's got a picture of a dude that's pushing a woman down a flight of stairs. And the woman is old and also in a wedding dress. And she's dropping her flowers. I said, it looks okay. Not bad. We've seen worse covers. That should have taken two seconds. But instead, we're like five. How ridiculous. Audacious, if you will.
1: This isn't the worst one.
0: In the episode, we're taking a look at some flowers while a violin plays. It's gorgeous. The camera keeps panning us over as the music gets more intense. As we see Tom Hanks's name appears, Tom's Hanks is in this episode, you guys. Wow, mm-hmm. I was big, like, big David Pumpkins. Yeah, I think he directed this one too. If I he did, and this is like it.
1: 1992, so like he was a celebrity, but he wasn't like that was you before know, Tom Forrest Gump, right? Hanks. Yeah, yeah. Before Philadelphia, maybe
0: even? He wasn't even Woody yet, so, like, what's the point? Finally, we stop over at a little mirror, and we see an old woman's lower face smacking her lips as she applies some lipstick. Oh, oh God. Like, she is smacking them Oh, lips. yeah, she is going to town on those lips. She's Her tongue is all num-num-numbing all over the place. It's crazy.
2: Total old lady stereotype.
0: It really is. is it? I feel like we make fun of Grandma's, like... Num, num, num. Uh, yeah
1: that's my impression of old ladies for sure (sighs) such a good impression i guess i guess that is a an old lady thing
0: huh i oh i have in my notes here i (laughs) it's what i assume old ladies do on the regular every day
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think as well because there was such that beauty standard like you always have to have lipstick on your lips when they were younger so probably just Something that's ingrained in them. They have to have lipstick on at all times.
0: They are ugly if they don't. And lipstick tastes delicious, so you always gotta be <laughs> yes. tasting it. A little chime goes off and a dude calls out,
2: Is Madam ready for dinner?
0: The camera cuts back and we see this old lady was sitting at an elegant dinner table all the whole time. In walks a guy with a cart saying, Hope you're hungry. The man is excited for a quiet little dinner for two. He puts a plate in front of her and reveals it with a voila. And we see mm-hmm. this food. It looks disgusting, you guys. Yeah, it looks like baby food. (laughs) It's just like pureed yellow and red stuff (laughs) with a little parsley or something. It's ugly. She
2: just put her lipstick on.
0: (laughs) That's true. She has to eat it like Peggy Hill from King of the Hill. (laughs) The woman calls out, oh, Howard, it's beautiful. It's not no
2: <laughs> yeah i was really trying to figure out who this guy was i was like is he a butler and then mm-hmm. they started flirting and i was like okay so is this an affair like who knows what this guy's doing but he was really laying it on thick
0: he does he says it's just a little something something he threw together which like he literally threw it in the blender yeah, threw it onto the plate <laughs> whatever splatted he kept And to go with it, he thought that they could have this old-ass bottle of wine or whatever. He starts pouring it as she asks, but wait, I thought we're saving this for a special occasion. Howard tells her, uh, well, we're having dinner together, which is special enough for me. And they clink glasses, and she takes a drink as he watches, because he doesn't drink any of this shit. Mm -mm. The old lady's all, hot damn, this shit's delicious. Howard (laughs) sighs a little, saying, oh yeah, there's a big complexity with wine that comes with age. There's grapes soil and the oak that fermented it then at the end your lips which are covered in lipstick
1: hand on her teeth and <laughs> dri-
0: dripping down her chin and in a pool on the floor this oldie thinks that is the most romantic shit she's ever heard and the two hold hands for a moment we see she's got a gigantic ring on her fingers because she's got lots of money presumably After that touching moment, Howard here pulls out a piece of paper saying, I hate to bring up business right now, but this shit's important. There's a company I want to invest in, but I'm afraid we'll have to act quickly. The woman tells him, Howard, I told you whatever you think. But Howard is all, I told you that this is your money and I'm merely managing it for you. So she asks where to sign, so he shows her and she signs that paper.
2: And was that a direct quote? This shit's important.
0: Yes, only the most direct (laughs) quotes come from me. (laughs) (laughs) We're not in Are You Afraid of the Dark (laughs) anymore. The old lady smiles, saying, All right, now I think you need to do something for me. Howard giggles a little, like an idiot, and she's all, Oh, not that. You know what it is. Howard gets a hint, saying, All of it? Or just your favorite part? And she smiles all bashful, and Howard goes into some Bible (laughs) stuff. I assume. It might be Shakespeare. I don't know the difference. <laughs> Some kind of poetry. I need to watch more Seventh Heaven, I think. <laughs> <laughs> she takes another drink of her drink, looking up in the sky. Then her eyes snap wide, and she throws her glass down and clutches her throat.
2: Yeah. At this point, we were like, is she actually dead, or did she really just hate the poem?
0: No. She-, <laughs> she just fucking dies in her wheelchair. It's embarrassment is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so cringe Howard scooches his seat out and grabs the phone he punches in 911 I assume because he only pushes three buttons and as it's ringing he complains about wasting such a good bottle of wine somebody picks up on the other line so he starts crying yeah I need an ambulance (laughs) right away where's my wife
2: (laughs) he was very dramatic and I was thinking I wonder what Brandon would do if he killed me not to make that call I wonder what he would be like
0: (laughs) Uh, well, not as good shed? of an actor as Treat Williams. I can <laughs> no, that. you don't have anything on Treat Williams in these situations. <laughs> you, you
2: would only be able to kill one wife and get away with it.
0: We snap over to a cemetery where Howard is holding a flower in his hands and a preacher is talking over a grave. Howard places that flower on the casket, and we see there's only a total of four people here at this funeral. Yeah,
1: Not very yeah, popular, that
0: lip-smacking was, old lady.
2: Considering she was rich, you'd think she'd <laughs> have like, some people hanging around for money, not just...
0: Oh, yeah. Not, not just, just Treat Williams. <laughs> Nope, nobody. There's, the preacher, it was considered, like, I, I added him in as one of the four. So there's really <laughs> yeah, only three. Just to make it sound Yeah, better, I have
2: yeah. three here, so that, that explains that.
1: And one of them was her murderer, so like, we <laughs> yeah. can't even really count him as, like, a...
2: That's true. He wasn't really in mourning, was he?
0: No. The preacher leaves, and the other two people come over to Howard, saying that he made her last few moments of life real special. Howard thanks the two as the woman tells him how much that old lady loved him. Up walks some fat old guy saying, Oh man, you gave her so much. And my did she give it all back? So much poison? You <laughs> gave her so much poison. This is
1: like the most <laughs> obvious murder ever. Like you it can't really just is. poison someone and then, and then be like, yeah, it was a heart attack. I don't know.
0: There's a lot of like suspense of disbelief that you have to go through with this episode because um this isn't like the first time Howard's done this. He's done it like at least two other times. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, dude, what the hell? You can't get away with this shit. <laughs> no,
1: you could get away with it once. Maybe.
0: Yeah. Maybe. I don't It was 1990 and the forensics teams were like, should we do an autopsy? And they're like, no, let's not. We nah. don't
1: even need a forensic team. You could just be like, anyone who marries Treat dies. Mm. <laughs>
2: That's what I was thinking. Like, we don't think he's changed his identity at any point. Like, he should be on a list.
1: Yeah. He just <laughs> shows, he shows be up like, worked? I'm Treat. Want to get married?
0: And you say, yeah, you know, you can't not. Yeah, if it's Treat true, Williams. <laughs>
2: so that big guy was Morty, I think, right?
0: Yes. Yep. Yeah. Chunks is Morty. And, uh,. And Howard wants to know what the fuck he's doing here. Morty nods his head saying, God admit, you're pretty good, Howard. You got all these people completely fooled. Howard explains that he was very fond of Matilda, which was the old lady that you know just died. Because she has such a wonderful name. He says, it's just like Elizabeth and Claire. Morty nods his head saying, yeah, shame they had to die. Howard tells Morty that that was just business. And he starts walking away. The two men walk through the cemetery as Howard explains that he could have taken the money and run, left them old bitches destitute, and that would have been just too cruel. See, Howard did these ladies a big old favor. He made them love Treat Williams, you guys. (laughs) Marty yeah, yeah, yeahs him through his reasonings for murdering a bunch of old ladies saying, As your business partner, it's my unfortunate duty to give you some bad news. The IRS froze a million bucks in assets this morning. Howard hates that news yelling, God damn it marty tells him to cool his jets but we should say goodbye to howard and morty inc they also pushed up the date for the grand jury so morty called some airlines howard interrupts saying no way we're not going anywhere we're not ready yet
1: okay so let me get something straight here treat and morty inc yeah is like a business they have a business they have assets they've got investments
0: i don't think they have like an actual business called they they have an office with paperwork (laughs) okay no that's so no
2: i i think that's wrong because didn't he say what you shouldn't be here or what are you doing so i think that's his actual job but they like have this killing side
0: hustle yeah you know how important side hustles are these days brandon this is just a side hustle
1: i don't know it seems like they have a business together and i just don't understand what the business is It's just Treat Williams marrying people and then killing them
0: for their money? And Morty's needed how? Do we ever find out? Well, like, we get to see it behind the scenes on, like, how he finds people to go and marry them, and Morty has no connection whatsoever with it, so I don't know, maybe Morty just holds the books. Is Morty just laundering the money? It might be that, I don't know. Well, I mean, you don't really
1: need to launder money if it's, like, money you get from your spouse, right? I don't understand. That's clean money,
0: baby.
2: I don't know, but (laughs) if the the money had been frozen, then he wasn't doing a very good job of (laughs) carrying this business on.
0: But also, since the money's already frozen, like, they are already on to him, yeah? Like, mm. <laughs> he's already done this three times, he's yeah. killed three people. Like, there's so a pattern at that here. at point,
1: you should, like, cool it, play it a little safe.
0: Trey Williams but is not guess, ready to cool yeah, it. Yeah,
1: we'll have to go on to see if he does.
2: He doesn't even change his name or anything. He just stays as the guy that's been a widower mo- multiple times. And, uh, yeah, just keeps killing
0: You can't stop Treat Williams, okay? He's on a roll. He
2: really is.
0: (laughs) Morty yells, what do you mean we're not ready? We got five million bucks, more or less. I say we liquidate and get our ass to someplace that has beautiful sunsets and no expedition treaties.
2: That sounds kind of like a honeymoon.
1: (laughs) They should go on a honeymoon. They deserve it. Both of their lives would be better if they just decided to go on a honeymoon Then and there.
0: He pulls out a pamphlet saying that there's this island called Disgumption. Disgumption? gumption i don't know what he says howard tells morty that this whole plan was so that they had enough money to last them the rest of their lives which they have like five million in this economy two million dollars isn't enough and that was
1: like 1992 economy
2: yeah Yeah. this is over 30 years ago like if someone gave me two million dollars i'd be like oh that's cool (laughs) not like this ain't
0: enough no right This buys three weeks of groceries. Thank you. That buys a box of cheeses, right? (laughs) I wish. Morty yells back, dude, we're fucked. In 11 days, we'll have to face a grand jury. When they uncover this little Ponzi scheme of ours, Howard tells him, okay, okay, give me 10 days. The plan was to score one more old lady, and that's exactly what I plan to do. Morty shakes his head saying, 10 days? Whatever. When they take your ass away, I want to be as far away as possible. Howard suggests Morty trusts him because he won't regret it. Then Howard throws down a little black piece of cloth or something in this graveyard that gets taken away by the wind, at the mercy of the wind, if you will, to the boot of a gravedigger who picks it up and puts it in his pocket. The camera pans up to see he's in suspenders, and his shirt says Gravedigger Local 241. The gravedigger looks over at the grave of Matilda, which was that old lady, and he throws in a shovel of dirt right into the camera that's down there. Why did he pick that up? I don't know, uh, what's I don't even know what it is. <laughs> I' don't know what the fuck that I
2: was. didn't know either, but Brandon thought maybe it was his tie Yeah,
1: it was it was like something uh, a handkerchief or something that something he was
2: off his suit. pretending to yeah. blow his
1: nose into. I guess I don't know. but why would he pick that up? Number one, he's got to keep the cemetery clean this is his job. And number two, do gravediggers have unions?
0: I don't know. I've never looked it up before.
1: Just Google it. I'll
0: have to look into that. This transition is to a static TV, which snaps onto a video that gets played in reverse. Howard's watching this shit as it chipmunk squeaks in reverse at us. (laughs) It's one of those old 80s and 90s dating commercial things that feature a bunch of women who are single and want to mingle. And I forgot those existed, but I kind of love those.
2: Put singles in his area.
0: He stops it on a particularly old woman who says she likes pro wrestling and bowling. She even still bowls since it's very good exercise. And she likes the noise. (laughs) Howard's had enough of that shit and starts rewinding some more until we stop on another old lady who says, My name is Effie Glockman. I'm 67 years old and I'm not looking for a suitor. I was married for 38 years to a wonderful man.
2: I don't think there's anyone out there who could replace Theodore. So So no one would realistically pick this woman. like obviously he's so sinister so that's why he picks her but any other guy would go running for the hills like she mentions her dead husband about 50 times in a 30 second commercial for herself (laughs) where she wants a man yeah like if someone read that on reddit they'd be like she sounds like a toxic gaslighter for sure
0: (laughs) yeah she's just like i don't know what i'm doing here i don't want anyone what why did i think of this <laughs> yeah i don't want
1: you just i don't want to meet anyone gold. i don't want to spend time with anyone i just want to sit in my room
2: i want to reminisce about my dead husband anyway
1: yeah. my name's effie so don't look me up
0: <laughs> Well, we look at howard though he it looks intrigued he pauses that video and opens up a big obituary book looking for theodore gluckman and I didn't know that they had a, um, obituary books back in the day. He finds it saying, God damn, two full pages. Teddy was busy. Then he starts the video back up, and Effie says that she would rather be understood from the start. She wants a companion. Howard stops that video again and grabs a magnifying glass. He takes a good look at the terrible visual quality of his TV, yeah. trying to determine <laughs> if the gems around her neck are real. He sees, like, a total of 16 pixels on her gem and declares that it is totally real, and he gets really excited that it's 30 grand at least. Yeah, that part was wild.
1: Uh, Out of all the unrealistic things to happen in this episode, that's the one that I was like, (laughs) okay, no. When he
2: got out the magnifying glass, I thought that was really funny.
1: (laughs) You just go to to this
0: blurry VHS. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, Yes, clearly.
2: She should have got Tom Hanks to direct her dating tape.
0: It's so blown up that you you can't even barely tell what it could possibly. I don't know what gemstone it was. It doesn't really matter, but like it was ridiculous.
1: It just looks like a smear on the TV. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he continues that video and Effie says, "Um, I want someone to share things with, really. I mean, how many times can one see Paris alone? Howard rewinds that last line about Paris again, because he wants to hear it. Then we cut over to Howard handing a worker the tape, saying, yeah, I'd like to talk with Effie Gluckman. He boobs some shit into a computer and the camera pans us up to see that it's Tom Hanks that's working on the computer. Oh, shit. He oh, says, "Ah, oh, yeah. Another mature woman, but they do give a man something special, don't they? Well, I hope it works out for both of you. And he hands Howard a little card with her information on it and smiles. It's weird that that was a thing back in the day. Like, here's some random woman's information there you go yeah gotta do what you gotta do though tom hanks was making bank we cut again to a close-up of that card that is for forever yours which is the service that he used to i don't know rent a vhs it's got howard and effie's name on it as well as effie's address we see that it's effie that has the card in her hands i didn't see that coming but her butler or whatever i think his name is stan hope is explaining that he tried to tell this howard fella there that there must have been an error but he insisted on seeing effie himself He asks Effie if he should show Howard the boot, but Effie is like, uh, in a minute. Then she calls out, Mr. Prince? Howard takes a few steps inside the doorway, and Effie tells him, look, nothing personal, but to be perfectly honest, I had someone in mind that was a little closer to my own age. I mean, what would an attractive man like you want with? And Howard says, an older woman like you? Aside from the money, that is what you mean, right? She gets real saying, yeah, that thought did cross my mind. Howard takes a breath and then says that he's going to be honest with her. He doesn't need the money. In fact, he could show her a bank book. But he thinks they'd both agree that that would be somewhat tasteless. And as far as ladies' his own age, he's afraid that kind of beauty is wasted on him. You see, women like that have certain needs that he's unable to fulfill. Yep. Effie <laughs> <laughs> looks over at Stanhope and dismisses him. He tells her he'll be nearby and scooches out of the room. Effie looks over at Howard saying, Mr. Price, are you saying you're... But Howard steps closer to her saying, all he wants from a woman is companionship. Because after all, no one wants to see Paris alone.
1: Yeah. Just imagine being like a Tales from the Crypt fan who lives in Paris and you're single. (laughs) And you're just like, damn.
0: (laughs) My life is the worst. life fucking sucks. (laughs) Effie kind of looks at him again. And then we cut over to about a billion piece puzzle. (laughs) Yeah. We hear Howard laying it on thick, saying that he never truly learned to appreciate women until he stopped thinking about them in that way. Effie's voice says, you know what your trouble is, Howard? You spent your whole life pursuing the wrong kind of a woman. Howard adds that that's what I saw in you, Effie. Not just a woman, but a kind of goddess.
2: (laughs) They've known each other for about two hours at this point. So of course she knows everything about his life and what he's been doing his whole life
0: wrong so true i I mean howard on the other hand has rewound her tape over and over again to the point where that vhs is essentially useless he's zoomed in onto her neck like real close so they know everything he says effie i know exactly what you mean the camera here fades from shots of that puzzle to like a metal chandelier or something and then over to effie who says that her husband theodore had howard's uh condition when he met her howard's all oh my god no way he was impotent too effie explains how theodore was handsome and wealthy but wounded in that way howard reminds her of her theo but howard is way more passionate and alive which i think she says alive as in like you know not dead yeah, literally then she asks you are alive right hmm? i'm sorry i'm just fucking up my emotions here with these, these words because yeah, it's so that dumb
2: was a, that was a really weird thing to clarify that he was, was in fact alive. And also, when she was saying that thing about the impotence, I'm like, is that the only reason that he reminds you of the yeah. other guy?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's weird. a pretty big uh, trait for them both to share. I mean, even though yeah. it treats lying.
2: It had been a few hours, so she felt comfortable enough to talk about her dead husband. <laughs> Just desecrating his name. <laughs> she should have put that on the tape so everyone knew.
0: She's like, my Theodore had two traits. He liked puzzles and not sex. (laughs) (laughs) Howard side-eyes that for a second, and she continues saying that she never thought she'd feel that way about another man, but and Howard looks at his watch saying, oh, snap, look at the time. I must have kept you from a thousand things. Thanks for having me tonight. Effie invites Howard to stay for dinner, but Howard says, no, I can't. But Effie just keeps on insisting. She gets up and calls for Stanhope. She walks over to the door that opens up, and Stanhope asks if he should throw this Howard fella out the door. But Effie tells him, nah, set two places for dinner. Stanhope tells her that he can't, because there's not enough lamb. So Effie tells him to make extra rice and use the good china, because everything needs to be perfect. Then she hands him a flower and tells him to put it in a vase, and she closes the door.
2: Yeah, so what did you think of Stanhope as the butler? Did you think he was overstepping a bit, or...
0: I thought Stanhope was protecting Effie, which yeah, yeah, it's nice. I like Stanhope. He's he's like a little dog. Yeah, he's seen the the best of Effie and the worst of Effie, (laughs) and he wants to protect. He can handle
1: her at her best and her worst.
0: Yeah, like I mean, I guess the worst thing she's done so far is tell him to make some more rice, but like, (laughs) she he seems fine. He seems a good guy. Over with Howard, he's just kind of looking at that puzzle, and Effie tells him that Theodore used to Theo adore jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> oh god. I'm so funny. Jigsaw puzzles were Theodore's passion. He even spent years working on that very puzzle. In fact, he died at that table. <laughs> the puzzle is exactly a six, six years? Six like, years ago.
1: It's a it's a lot of pieces, but for someone who's passionate about jigsaw puzzles, like He must have been real shit at them.
2: Yeah, I thought that too. He didn't have many pieces (laughs) in
1: place for six years. didn't even have all the the edge pieces. Like, come on, bro.
0: Well, he died doing the puzzle. Maybe he had just started it, and Effie's like, well, I'm not cleaning it.
2: Not if he'd been working on it for six years.
0: I thought it was six years ago that he died, and then she just left the puzzle there. I I thought
1: he was working on it for years. Yeah,
2: same. That's what I
0: I don't know. They were his passion, but yet... Here we are.
2: Okay, so this is the things that we know about him. He was a jigsaw enthusiast, and he had some form of impotence.
0: Yes, those are those are all Theodore had going. Bad at puzzles, floppy dong. Next, <laughs> Howard looks back over at it, saying that I always found jigsaw puzzles to be an incredible waste of time. Effie agrees that puzzles suck. And says, Howard, I've met men twice your age that have half your worldliness. I can help you. She grabs his chest and moves her face closer to his, saying that she can remedy his condition. Howard feebly says, no, we shouldn't, since we have all the time in the world. She grabs his arm or something, saying, not at my age you don't. Now relax, my darling. I'll be gentle. She proceeds to not be gentle by throwing him on the table (laughs) with the jigsaw puzzle and getting on top of him. Howard smooches her all over the place. And we see Stan Hope, who's peeking into the room. He's like, Rice is done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a bit of a freak, isn't he? He a likes touch. To watch. Yeah. That fades to black, and we hear Effie call out, Howard, I made you breakfast in bed. And we see Effie set down a tray and then scooch into bed, saying,
1: For some reason, this morning,
0: I have a hell of an appetite. She reaches over, and we see a shirtless Howard in bed next to her. And he says, Um, Effie, look, about last night... Not since college have I had that kind of a nice shoot. Five or six times we had going on. Effie interrupts, say, don't say anything. I feel great. I haven't felt that way in years.
2: Why did she make the breakfast? They have a butler.
0: I don't know. I wondered the same thing.
2: I wondered if she just bring him the tray and took credit for it, like a jerk, or if she <laughs> just heated him up a Pop-Tart or something and said she made breakfast.
0: I hope that's what happened, is that she just took credit <laughs> for Stanhope. <laughs> She's like, Howard, there's even more rice for breakfast. <laughs> and they
1: cut to Stanhope, who is again looking through the crack in the door. Oh my god. That bitch. <laughs> I stayed up all morning making those crepes. <laughs>
0: Oh, I love it. She was crit. up
2: playing Boulder's Gate. It was a rough night.
0: <laughs> hey there, everybody. Cortland here, your good buddy and your favorite date. Thank you so much for joining us today, whether this is your first episode or you've listened to everything we have going on here. We are so thankful for you spending some time with us. We're officially in season four of Tales from the Crypt. I feel like the show is going by so fast as we've only got just a few more seasons left to go if you want to help shape our show give us any suggestions you have for the next horror anthology series that you'd like us to cover i know there are plenty out there to choose we're not making a definite choice just yet but we would love to hear from you and to see what you'd like us to cover. I'd like to give a special shout-out to all of our patrons, past, present, and future. Your generous contributions help make this show as special as it is. If you'd like to become a patron and gain access to early release episodes, bonus episodes, bloopers, and tons more content, check us out at patreon.com slash privateisland. We post new content multiple times a week. I'd like to take a moment to thank our current patrons, The Beths, Venicewitch, Tristan, Redemption, Lyle, Eddie, Ray, Red, Magical, Faith, and Shane. The Goths, Steven, Matt, Aaron, Brittany, Sid, and Corey. The Citizens of Carlsville, Sarah, Mr. Normal, Matt, Keith, Christy, Angela, and Meredith. And your boys and girls, Kathy, Fair, and Bryce, and Brian. Thank you for your support, everybody. Brandon and I truly appreciate it. As always, the holidays are coming up fast, and I love to send out holiday cards to our patrons. So if you want a special little message from me, you can become a patron today. We hope you follow us on social media for all the latest posts. You can find us on Twitter or X at UANpod, on Instagram and threads at Podcast, on YouTube at Uppallnighthapodcast, and on TikTok at Private Island Presents. Lately, I've tried my hand at video editing for YouTube. If you've not taken a look yet, I've posted our first video covering the tale of the Phantom Cab, where I go in-depth on how I feel about the episode. It's a fun little change from our usual podcast, since first of all it's quite a bit shorter than our usual episodes, and secondly it's got some video elements for you to enjoy. You can find me live on Twitch every few nights at twitch.tv slash privateislandsea. I play a lot of cozy and spooky games. Lately I've been playing Diablo 2, which is one of my all-time favorite games. It helps create a very chill atmosphere where you can just chat with me while I kill some monsters and get some good drops. We're still working our way through the 2023 Goosebumps series, with new episodes still releasing on Thursdays. If you can't wait, though, we do have those episodes uploaded on Patreon on Mondays. I'd like to take a moment to thank the Benevolent Badger for their work on the music for our show, aside from this theme, dating start from Undertale, composed by Toby Fox. I'd also like to thank Brandon for his work on the artwork. Thanks so much for listening in. For now, I'll let you get back to the show, and I will talk with you again next week. Bye, everybody. She smooches Howard on the forehead as he tells her not to expect that kind of shit every night. She giggles and says, oh, this came for you this morning. And she hands Howard an envelope. He opens that shit up and reads the note inside that just says another one. Stop before it's too late. He folds that shit up as Effie asks who it's from. Howard's all, uh, it's from business. Yeah, business. (laughs) Anyway, I got to skip breakfast. I'm sorry. He gets up out of bed and Effie asks if, if he's coming back. Howard's all Effie. Of course I am. If you'll have me, of course. And he lovingly touches her hand, which has a gigantic ring on it.
1: Yeah, these women wear the most gaudy jewelry. They do. They
0: found all this shit at the dollar store or something, I swear. They've
1: got the fucking
0: infinity stones on a <laughs> ring. Over with Morty, because he's still in this episode. He's busy shredding some papers. <laughs> and I got to say, I love a good paper shredder. I love shredding papers. It's so much I've never fun. used one. Oh, it's a blast. You put it in one end and then it comes out as ribbons. It's awesome. Oh, it looks fun.
2: I've laminated.
0: Whoa! Ooh, laminating sounds pretty cool too, though. I've never
2: shredded. Can you
0: shred a laminated thing? If you have a paper shredder that's tough enough, you could. I bet.
1: Well, the paper shredder in this episode is pretty fucking tough. Uh, I I bet you. I bet you you could
0: shred lamination. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like one of those grinding machines that you could just chuck a car
0: into and turn it into scrap. I could watch those videos all day every day. It's good stuff. In walks Howard, and Morty asks what he's doing here. Howard closes the door saying, you know, I could ask you the same question. What are you doing here? Morty asks, what's it look like? I'm getting ready to blow this pop stand. Howard asks, kind of premature though, huh? Marty wonders if anybody saw him come in there because they really shouldn't be seen together. Howard asks him what he's going to do. Take the money and run and leave poor Howard here holding the bags. Morty says that all them wives are starting to rub off on him because Howard is babbling. Howard scoffs saying, you know, you lie just like you dress." badly got him ha <laughs> ha like, damn burned him like this tie, for instance you know it doesn't go with your shirt morty thanks howard for his fashion tips and howard says you're welcome then he yanks on morty's tie right into the paper shredder and the tie starts shredding and choking morty <laughs> he calls out for help a little bit but howard has had enough of this he walks out of the room as morty screams and blood starts pooling and just like pulling into the shredder and that doesn't seem right to me, but whatever. I don't know. Yeah.
1: This, like, giant man Yeah, <laughs> we just expected to believe that, like, police are going to show up and it's just going to be, like, a shredded pair of shoes and a tie <laughs> and blood. Like, he just got sucked into it and turned into <laughs> spaghetti
2: i guess we got the answer to the question too because if someone did see him go in he wouldn't have been able to get away with that because he kills wives and anyone he thinks is trying to blackmail him
0: he kills pretty much everybody on this episode brandon brandon i know we just talked about this last week about the cabbage patch doll brandon it reminds me of that (laughs) yeah same (laughs) this paper shredder just is insatiable it just eats and eats you
1: could
2: maybe kind of manipulate the tie before it goes through the shredder and get it to shred the other way like swap it from being vertical to horizontal and then just like get out of the shredder
0: yeah i'm sure
1: there's many ways to not be turned into linguine from a paper shredder
0: He could have done anything to get out of this, but instead he chose to do nothing but like, could be realistically, like, oh God, help
1: me. <laughs> Realistically, what would happen if your tie got stuck in a paper shredder shredder?
0: I think you would just yank it out, right?
2: Maybe you could unplug it from the wall.
1: Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it probably would just like break the paper shredder. It would like just stop. Or jammed. you could
0: you could like Knock it over to break it on the ground. There's so many things. He he did nothing. He didn't do anything to help he himself. He should
1: have at least
2: kicked treat in the balls or something. <laughs> like, you're trying to kill me, motherfucker.
0: He tried nothing, and, it, and nothing worked. And uh. Yeah. And that was Morty, though, because he's dead. We've seen the blood yeah. and everything.
2: <laughs> I wonder how close friends they even were, because they obviously had some kind of trust in each other, because they were... Having this illegal <laughs> murdering business thing together. I mean, they're
1: business associates. Yeah. They know each other's dirty laundry.
2: Literally, after that tie I got covered in blood.
0: No more. No more Morty, though, you guys. He's gone.
2: <laughs> what did you call him earlier? Tubby? Oh, chunks.
0: Chunks. chunks.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> we cut over to Howard with Effie in his arms and he carries her into our house, yelling, Welcome home, Miss Howard Price. Stanhope is there watching as Effie says that that shit was just so much fun, and I know you wanted to wait, but this morning I woke up and all I wanted to do was carry you to City Hall and get married. And she smooches her new hubby. Stanhope asks if the if the happy couple want to have some lunch in the dining room for a change, but Effie tells him, nah, we're going to have it in bed as usual. It's a little passive-aggressive
1: from Stanhope.
0: A bit, yeah. I mean, he's a little bit protective of Effie, I guess. Now come on, Howard, and sit with me on the stairs. <laughs>
2: He's probably pissed that he had to share his land. He probably didn't want to give up his portion yeah. of the land. He's going
0: to be like, I'm going to have to make more rice every night now. Shit. <laughs> <It> fucking sucks. <laughs> She's got a little wedding present for him. Yesterday, I called the bank and told them to change the titles on all the accounts. All it needs is your signature. We take a look at the dark doorway and Stanhope's face is in there and he's listening in on this.
1: Yeah, he's a creepy motherfucker.
0: Howard's all, oh, I don't want your money. But Effie insists that if money gives him pleasure, he can handle her finances. We cut back over to the couple and Effie gets up saying, All right, I'm going upstairs to get the <laughs> jacuzzi started. And when it's Ooh. all full and bubbly, I expect to find you in it.
2: I was glad we didn't see that.
0: <laughs> I think it would have been a treat to see Tree William in the jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> Howard takes a peek at that paperwork when up walks Stanhope with a tray and a letter on it. He tells Howard that this arrived for him while they were celebrating the nuptials. Howard takes that letter as Stanhope congratulates him on a, on his wonderful moment. Howard thanks him, and Stanhope stands there for a quarter second too long. So Howard thanks him again, a little bit more sternly, and then Stan walks away.
1: When this whole thing started, Effie seemed kind of smart, like she was like. Oh yeah. Uh, why would you be concerned with an old lady like me? You're probably just a gold digger. And I was like, "Damn, mm-hmm. good for you, Effie. Like you're 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 wise to his shit." But then, like immediately afterwards, she's like, "Oh, I just n- know you love t- looking after my money." See, what got her was when he said
0: puzzles are stupid, and she said, oh, "They are stupid."
2: Finally, someone what said that loud. He just
0: blinded, yeah. blinded her. <laughs> I think my favorite part so far is like that whole interaction. Where she's like all about Theodore and how much she loved him, and his only love in the world were were her and the puzzle. And the and then Treat Williams is like puzzles are stupid, and she's like, oh my god, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> the funny
1: thing was Rebecca loves puzzles, so as soon as that like puzzle showed up, she was like, awesome, these are my people. And then she was Did like, oh, you this- say
2: I'd marry her or something. <laughs> yeah, like that.
1: she was like, oh, I'd marry Effie. And then like right after that. Effie's like puzzles fucking suck, and she's like yeah. Anyone who likes them is stupid.
0: <laughs> I love it. He opens up that letter, and it reads another one. What you're doing to these women is criminal.
1: Yeah, to put it lightly.
2: Yeah, I was like, okay, so the letters stating the obvious. Yes. You know, it's a crime to kill people.
1: Huh, Murder is we... a crime now. Yeah, that...
2: yeah, crazy. <laughs> Even back in the nineties,
1: some things never change. <laughs>
0: Howard crumples that letter and it quick cuts us back to the forever yours video over there. We see Tom Hanks fishing the video out of the VCR. He turns around saying, Oh, Mr. Price. Hello. I didn't hear you come in. I was just cleaning up. Howard walks on in the room saying, so you take a real personal interest in your clients. Don't you? Tom agrees saying, Oh, yup.
1: (laughs) You know, as Tom Hanks does.
0: (laughs) So Howard asks, what was it you said about the older women? Tom here doesn't remember what he said, so Howard tells him that he said they give a man something special. He asks, that's what you said, wasn't it? And Tom here chuckles saying, uh, sure, I guess. Howard asks, so. Is that what you find, criminal? Tom stands up wondering what the hell is going on, but it's too late. Howard grabs him and throws him on the sofa and grabs his collar saying, you know what I find, criminal? Black He throws Tom headfirst into the television where it statics and explodes. Tom gargles a bunch and twitches. (laughs) And just like that, Tom Hanks dies in Tales from the Crypt.
2: He's basically ruined that video service for everyone now.
0: Yeah, what the hell?
2: Unless there's a successor to take over it. Now people are going to have to drive to the next town over to get their dating tapes.
0: Tom Hanks was doing a service for these people, and he can't do that anymore. Exactly. They're going to have to switch over to DVDs now. That sucks.
1: So, like... With these wives that he's killing and Morty, Mm -hmm. who tragically got, you know, shredded. Shredded. Shredded Shredded cheese. You can make an argument that those look like accidents. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous, but you could. This, however, just looks like a murder. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And also, he just doesn't do anything with the body as far as we know he just like leaves him there he he didn't have gloves on like bit sloppy
0: he grabs the tv remote and turns the tv off which stops tom hanks's convulsions then he picks up a phone and says hi sweetheart look sorry i had to run out but something came up
1: (laughs) i thought he was gonna call the police and be like hello police tom hanks fell
0: into the tv
1: (laughs) (laughs) you make it sound like poltergeist or
2: something
0: (laughs) I also thought that that was going to happen, but now it's Effie. He wants her to do a favor for him. He wants to give Stanhope the night off because he's going to make dinner for both of them tonight. Just you, (laughs) he's making all the
1: rice. He's
0: making, yeah. (laughs) It's going to be just, just Howard and (laughs) Effie and a bottle of wine and also some rice. (laughs) We quick cut over to the night where Effie is singing, and wine is being poured into a glass. In the background, we see Stanhope watching, and he asks, Does the name Matilda Mason mean anything to you? And Howard's there, and he blinks at Stanhope, saying, Um, I thought I gave you the night off. The music gets a little sinister as Stanhope walks into the room, asking, How about Elizabeth Swarthmore?
1: Or Claire McCarthy? Shall I go on? His names don't even mean anything to me.
0: (laughs) It seems there is something of a pattern to your past. Howard blinks a couple more times, asking, What's your point, Stanhope? Stanhope says that his point is that he could call the police, but that would only distress Effie. I don't want to yeah. do that.
2: So I won't. That doesn't even make sense. He cares about this woman, but he's like, well, I don't want to upset her, so <laughs> let's not call yeah. in the law enforcement here.
0: He just wants to make sure that they annul the marriage and that Howard agrees to just never come back again. He's giving him like an out, you know?
1: Yeah. Which also would upset Effie.
0: Yes, it would. <laughs> She's not just
1: going to be like, oh, my husband left? All right, that's cool. I'm going to finish this puzzle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Howard's all, well, that's an interesting proposition, Stanhope, but why would I want to go along with that? Effie loves me. Stanhope screams, no, and pulls a gun on Howard, saying, nope, that's the deal, and I've said all I intend to say. Howard sighs, saying, well, what can I say, Stanhope? And he sets down that bottle of wine. He tells Stanhope that, He wins, and why don't you just go ahead and shoot me? Stanhope cocks that gun, but you can tell he looks really nervous. He's shaking all over the place.
1: Yeah, he is the shakiest gun in the West.
0: Howard takes a few steps closer, encouraging Stanhope to shoot him again. Effie starts back with her singing, which distracts Stanhope for a moment. Howard grabs Stanhope by the neck and starts strangling him. He pushes him to the sofa, which is a signature move, and gets on top of him and snaps the dude's neck as Effie mindlessly walks into the background. Jesus. We pop over to Effie, who thinks this dinner shit looks lovely, and Howard thanks her. He hands her a glass of wine, saying that may their passion last forever. Effie takes one look at that wine and complains that she doesn't like red wine, because it's too bitter. Howard encourages her to have a little bit.
2: The honeymoon's over. He's already forcing her to drink.
0: (laughs) So Effie says, ah, okay. I didn't mean to be so difficult. Howard smooches her, saying,
2: I know you didn't, (laughs) sweetie, pie."
0: They clink glasses! Again.
2: Clink count.
0: To them and Effie. Uh we we can't do a clink count. It'd be too high. <laughs> Effie takes the tiniest sip I have ever seen in my entire life, while Howard doesn't drink it at all. Well,
2: she doesn't like it.
0: No, she doesn't like the red wine. I love that they added that in. He clinks to them again saying to us to prompt her to take another drink. But Effie tells him, Uh, Howard, you're trying to get me drunk. Howard chuckles a little saying, Okay, in that case. And she drinks up the whole ass glass, you guys. She laughs a little. She chugs
1: that poison. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) She laughs a little, then immediately starts convulsing and grabbing at her throat. She falls to the ground and calls out,
2: Howard!
0: And then Effie fucking dies. Damn. Howard steps past her and grabs the phone. He takes a deep breath and punches 911. He calls out, yes, I'd like an ambulance, please. It's my wife. And we look over at his wife, who turns her head and looks at Howard. He continues saying that she went into convulsions, and, and I think... But he's cut off because Effie is up and grabs his face. He fights her back and yells that she was up on the stairs and I was trying to stop her, but she fell. And we see him dragging Effie to the top of the stairs and he yells in the phone to please hurry. I think she's dead. And then the screen fades to black as we hear Effie tumble down the stairs and she snaps at the bottom.
1: So I thought the fact that Effie was still alive was going to be like a thing.
0: Mm, yeah, I thought same. she was going to be immortal or something. I thought she I thought kills was, Paul I thought it, she was
1: in on the plan and was like, yeah, I'm going to chug this poison because I know what's going on and I have a plan of my own. But no, oh, <laughs> none that's... of that happens.
0: No, and yeah. She
1: comes back and you think, oh, shit, something's going to happen. And then no, it's just she's just actually dead again.
2: I thought that it was going to be that she ended up killing him.
0: Yeah. yeah yeah see i thought the story was going to be that effie was also like a gold digger and she killed her husband and had plans on killing him because she was like immortal or something
2: oh that's yeah. way too deep for this episode <laughs> all
1: that would have
0: been better. yeah i that's what i thought was going to happen but that's not what happens so spoilers we fade back into a dark room where we hear howard on the phone saying he wants to book a first class ticket to ascension i don't know what he says before that but it ends up being ascension whatever it's for Howard Prince. He asks if it's a nonstop flight. It is, so he says good. How much will that be? Uh-huh. Nah, I'll be paying cash. Thanks. He hangs up the phone. He closes up a briefcase, and he stands up whistling. He opens up the front door, and there's a letter hanging there with his name on it. He oh, opens shit. that Stanhope's already dead. I know. He opens that up to read it, but he crumples it to the ground, and I couldn't read what was on the letter. He says something about a mausoleum. So we pop over there as his voiceover says that he thought he took care of all the loose ends, but nope, here he is at the mausoleum. We see a flashlight looking around this place, and then it flashes on Howard himself, who says, nice meeting you like this, but it doesn't exactly scare me. Oh, you want a piece of the action? The voice tells him that he's been there for 12 years and hasn't seen anything like this. Howard asks if the guy's a cop, but the man says, no, I'm not a cop. And he steps out of the shadows, and we see it's the Gravedigger from earlier in the episode. Oh, shit. So he yeah. actually did have a point. Yep.
1: <laughs> yep, he did. Because he was featured, like, three seconds mm. the very beginning of
0: the episode, and then nothing.
2: Well, there was that thunder crack, so you knew something was maybe kind of, sort of going to happen.
0: <laughs> I mean, we still have, like, a minute or two left, so, like, I was wondering how they were going to wrap this episode up. And they do it in a very uh, interesting way, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He says, this gravedigger says, all them ladies were so grateful for one more taste in life. And what did you do to them? They just
1: wanted one last treat.
0: <laughs> yeah. he j- Look, this gravedigger just wanted to get a hold of him and he wanted to teach him. Howard asks who them is. And the gravedigger says, don't you get it? They want you. They used me to bring you here. Christ, if you could just hear him begging me, oh man. Howard grabs the gravedigger, asking what all the hubba is, and the gravedigger tells him to run, because they're coming for him. Howard pushes him aside and grabs a shovel and charges the gravedigger with it, but the editing is really wonky here. (laughs) (laughs) so ridiculous. It plays like a .5 second clip over and over again for like three times for some reason, and I don't understand what they were going for.
1: Yeah, usually in TV shows, if there's, like, a really expensive-looking explosion or something, they'll replay it a few times, because you want to get your money's worth. Yeah. But this is just Treat Williams running at a wall with a shovel. (laughs) And it plays it, like, five times. It's like, remix! (laughs) It's
2: like when he was watching the dating tape and had to keep rewinding. Yeah.
1: I don't know why Tom Hanks was like, show it again. Show it again. They want to see it. They want to see Treat.
0: I don't know. Anyway, the gravedigger's fucking dead now, I guess. Yeah, he
1: got his head chopped (laughs) off with a shovel.
0: Howard opens up a casket, but there's nothing inside, because he's all like, oh, you're going to have somebody with you for eternity now. And he wonders where she went. We hear a creepy voice call out, I'm over here, Howard. And he shines the light on a hideous-looking zombie woman who says she's so glad he came. It's Elizabeth, I think. She says she missed him. It's one of them. Oh, ladies, look alive! Then another demonic voice says, Me too, Howard. And the camera whips over to see another disgusting old woman zombie. Howard stares at it, asking, Matilda? The gals explain they can't live or die without him. Howard starts to scramble away when another voice calls out, What about me? Don't you recognize me, Howard? Another zombie woman walks in, and we cut over to the window where yet another zombie bride is trying to get in, and she's disgusting, and her eye falls out, (laughs) and it looks pretty great.
1: I gotta say it. All of this looks great. This made the episode really worth it because. These zombie makeup. These zombie effects are disgusting looking, which is great because that's what you want a zombie to look like. Mm. They did such a great job.
2: With the food budget earlier when she was served the (laughs) sloth, they needed to save the money. For i mean these
1: zombies look zombie like birds. someone threw that food on their faces <laughs> yeah it's,
0: it's really good i think it might be my favorite zombie makeup of the show so far and it's a shame we only get to see them for less than a minute
1: <laughs> yeah it's not very long but it's effective
0: howard's over here screaming his head off as all these zombie women close in to get him he grabs hold of the metal gate but his zombie hand grabs it and that's the end of the episode yeah,
1: treats fucking eaten.
0: Yeah, by really great-looking zombie women.
1: Yeah, really sexy zo- I mean, really <laughs> scary-looking zombie ladies.
2: What goes around comes around, I guess.
0: <laughs> over with Crypty, he's got a wine glass in his hands, and he says, Now that's what I call a happy ending. I had a feeling Effie would win Howard's heart, not to mention his spleen, kidneys, and his gallbladder. <laughs> he laughs about that one, then looks over to her skeleton, saying, So... Will there be anything else? And the skeleton's head snaps off and falls to the ground. And Crypty is all, oh my god. I love a girl who gives you head and then lets you keep it. And he laughs. And that's the end of the episode. That's pretty blue, Crypt Keeper. Yeah, right? So, yeah, I didn't have zombies on my bingo card for this episode. No.
1: Even when the the gravedigger was like, they're coming to get you. I was like, oh, are we going to get some ghosts? Like, ooh, you killed us. I didn't expect actual corpses.
0: Yeah. It's kinda like they didn't know what to do with the ending, so they were just like, eh, and he dies in the mausoleum.
1: <laughs> sure. The mausoleum where he keeps all of his wives. Yeah. It's Collected really like Pokemon
2: suspicious. cards. Suspicious. <laughs> really suspicious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and this is where I'd put an Effie if I had one. <laughs> just chuck
1: the wives into the dead wife mausoleum
0: yeah it's it's kind of wild this episode like i said you gotta suspend your disbelief a lot because you would not be able to get away with even anything here it's ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) but i I liked it it was it was kind of a slow burn and like i don't know if it even really needed the zombies at the end i mean i'm glad they were there don't get me wrong but like i don't know it could have just been you know he gets his comeuppance in whatever other way but like his plane crashes or something stupid happens I don't I know I
1: mean like you said if Effie had like been immortal or had her own mm-hmm. plans or something that would have been awesome if she was playing him and she got the upper hand
0: See, that's what I was expecting, and that's kind of... I wish they would have went that way. Again, I'm not going to complain that there were zombies, though, because I'm all zombies. Yeah, because that would be very out of character for you. It would have been more interesting.
2: So which death made you guys the saddest? Was it Tom Hanks because you guys liked Tom (laughs) Hanks, or did you feel bad for Stanhope, or...
0: There was a lot of death in this one, actually. Mm,
2: There really was.
0: Yeah, our main character kind of goes on a killing rampage, if you think about it.
1: Yeah, Yeah. he kills... Four people, at least, just on screen.
2: He could be like a GTA protagonist (laughs) or antagonist.
0: I think my favorite death was Morty because it was so avoidable. He could have just been like, you know, anything. Anything we said could have happened and he would have been fine.
1: Yeah, he's like that guy in Austin Powers who's like, no. Yeah, he really was. That's great. I
2: felt bad for Stanhope. Like other than spying on the yeah. sex, he was, was a really fucking creep, but, but I think
1: he did kind of actually care about Effie and
0: he had her best interests in mind well i don't what did you guys learn anything from this episode? Was there any moral to this story?
1: Uh, I mean, I learned what not to do if your tie gets stuck in a paper shredder,
0: me too, yeah, <laughs> which is
1: just nothing. Just don't do nothing, and things will be all right.
2: I don't have to wear ties, but I could have used that lesson when I went to Catholic school because, unfortunately, I did have to wear ties.
1: Yeah, and if you went through, like, an Avril Levine phase, it might have helped you then, too.
0: Well, you'd also have to be in the same room with a paper shredder, too, and, like, what are the odds of that? Zero, I You guess. never know.
1: Because <laughs> <Yeah>. I haven't <laughs> been around
2: one
0: yet. <laughs> a wild paper shredder appears. Like...
2: <laughs> it would be nice to have a butler, but I already knew that, so I didn't
0: really <laughs> learn it. <laughs> I learned if you have guests over, just make more rice. <laughs> yeah, probably just make more
1: rice anyway, just in case. Sometimes people just show up.
0: Look, if you make extra rice, just put it in the fridge, and then you can like make fried rice the next day. It's really good. Oh, yum. Mm. I do love fried rice. So this episode, None But the Lonely Heart, do you think it could have a better name? Well, yeah, because I don't really
1: like that name.
2: There Damn, was kind okay. of a lot of puns on the name Treat. Like, there's got to be something to do with Trick or Treat there. Like, I don't know what it would be, but... <laughs> I mean, just some- <laughs> Trick or
1: Treat would be great. Yeah.
2: Oh, I also thought of <laughs> Treat House of Horror and The Girlfriends The girlfriends at the end. I can't really take credit for this, but it did kind of remind me of that Matthew McConaughey movie. I saw it once and that was enough. Oh, yeah. Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: And that's all I could really think of.
0: So guys, we have a whole slew of people to meet, starting with Treat Williams, okay, who played Howard. Yay, my boy Treat. <laughs> now, I have to be honest with you, I, I didn't even look up his name before, so like I missed out on a whole lot of fun, because who, oh, yeah. why is his name Treat? But I love it. We love Treat. What do you guys recognize him from? Because
2: okay,
0: got to be something. Well,
2: well, I've seen him in more things than Brandon. I used to watch Everwood. Okay. um, He was in that. And I also watch Chesapeake Shores, which Brandon also doesn't watch. <laughs> and um, we happened to watch it was a rewatch for me, but Brandon's first time, which I sort of forced him to watch with me, <laughs> was the movie What Happens in Vegas, okay. and he plays Ashton um, Ashton's dad. So, yeah, that's the movie where the judge sentences them to hard marriage. <laughs>
1: I think
2: it's ridiculous. <laughs> kind of like me and Brandon.
0: <laughs> so this yes. this episode was a real treat for you.
2: Mm-hmm. It was good. Love
0: Well, Treat Williams, he started things off in 1975 with Deadly Hero, which sounds amazing.
2: Well, he's probably been in like way more famous stuff that I just haven't seen. Because every time this happens, Brandon will be like, oh, they're most famous for whatever, whatever. And I'll be like, oh, the guy in the coffee ad.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's been in a lot of things. A lot of things in the 80s and 90s. Um, Nothing I recognize. I mean, he was in the Batman the Animated Series. I Um, mean, he
1: was in The Empire Strikes Back
0: he As an was based trooper
1: apparently mm, says he's
2: uncrewed.
1: yeah
0: I, I do see that he was in flashpoint A very early extra role. he was in smooth talk more recently uh let's see 2007 he was in he was in heartland hawaii 50 back in 2013 the great alaskan race that sounds dangerous 2019 um his most recent role he was in blue bloods uh of well, that's this year be
2: his last role <laughs>
1: Yeah, unfortunately oh, to right. bring it down. Treat Williams uh died just this mm. year.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. Ago. Rest in peace, Treat Williams. Um I didn't get to know you much, but I love you. Thanks, a treat. treat. Thanks
1: for everything, Treat.
0: Next up, we've got Frances Sternhagen, who played Effie. And look, I don't nothing against age people, you know, oldies, but she's alive still. Um which I didn't expect. Yeah,
1: she outlived treat.
0: Mm. Yeah, I didn't expect this, but she is still kicking. She was born in 1930, so she's, she's you, know, you know, 93 years old.
2: Seems like she's retired.
0: I don't blame her. Her last role was yeah. in 2014, so she's been out of the biz for a little bit, but she was still working it. Um, she started things off 1951 with Love of Life.
2: Says she's in Becca, which I really like. It's a good sitcom. You
0: said Becca? Becker. 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 I was <laughs> going to say. You... In the show. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, you would love something named Becca. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're the only one that calls me that <laughs> it's very sweet
0: so france is here she was in independence day but the one from 1983 oh <laughs> no the no. famous one yeah she was in misery um i do love misery that movie 1990 with kathy bates really good we movie. were going to
2: watch that around halloween time but we never got around to it but i still want to see it
0: yeah have either of you seen it before no Ooh, uh, you should watch it it's really good oh she's in simpsons She was in 10 episodes of Sex and the City. She was in an episode of The Simpsons. She's been in ER for 21 episodes. Most recently, 2014, and so it goes. And there she went. It was Francis. Good job, girl. so it goes. Next up, let's talk about Henry Gibson, the late Henry Gibson, who played Stan Hope. And this guy looks familiar to me. I'm trying to think of who he reminds me of. I can't think of it. I'm
1: going to tell you what he reminds me of. Go for it. Because I bring it up. Any chance I can get. He plays William Leakey in the movie
0: Biodome
1: from 1996. Oh God. That. <laughs> God damn, I love that <laughs> movie.
0: Well, he started things off with The Nutty Professor, but the one from 1963. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, he was in a lot of things in the 60s. Charlotte's Web in 1973. I watched that movie. Yeah. Littlest Hobo. Oh, Littlest Hobo. <laughs> We haven't talked about that in forever. He must be Canadian. The Beverly Hillbillies.
2: Two episodes of Bewitched. Damn.
0: Damn. That glutton. The Night They (laughs) Took Miss Beautiful. The Grinch Night? What is that? Oh, whatever. That's not a real thing. That is according to IMDb. He was in Tulips. Or, I'm sorry, Tulips. (laughs) 1981. (laughs) (laughs) National Lampoon's Vacation. Half Nelson. The Wuzzles. The Adventures of Don Coyote and Sancho Panda. What is this stuff?
1: I don't know. Why are you picking the hardest things to
0: pronounce? When he's been in so many things, I don't know. The Bears oh, who my saved God, Christmas. I
2: remember
0: the He was in Duck Man. He was in those Nickelodeon shows, Ah Real Monsters. He was in The Luck of the Irish. I that's where I that's... know him from. Yes. Okay, was, like I knew the face, and I was like, I feel like you're evil, but I can't remember what it was <laughs> from. It was The Luck Riley of the Irish.
1: Riley O'Reilly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he was the bad guy in Luck of the Irish. He was in King of the Hill and most recently he was in Boston Legal for 24 episodes. All right, that was him. Let's talk about Sugar Ray Leonard. Okay, he played the grave digger and he has not been in a whole lot of things. First started off with Married with Children in 1992.
1: No, because he's a boxer, right?
0: Uh yeah, I believe so. Uh he's considered one of the best fighters of all time. So yeah, I'd say he's a boxer. <laughs> Yeah, Wait,
2: was that his first role?
0: No, Married with Children oh. was his first role. And then he was in Tales from the Crypt. He was in Happily Ever After, Fairy Tales for Every Child, The Bernie Mac Show. I remember that. And the last thing he was in was actually from this year. He did a voice in Undisputed. Or maybe it's like his body in there. I'm not sure. But it's a video game. I cool. assume for boxing. But yeah, that's that sugar. Like
1: the, the Fortnite of boxing games?
0: Yeah, sure. I guess so. <laughs> Next up, we've got Clive Rosengren, who played Morty. uh He started things off in Playboy of the Western World in 1983. He was in Beauty and the Beast, but not the one from Disney. He was in the one where uh, it's a drama. It's I don't know. I've never seen it. Quantum Leap. Even know that existed. He was in Twin Peaks. Do you recognize him from Twin Peaks? Huh. I don't. He was Mister Zipper. I
2: don't remember him.
0: No. Nope. Oh, that's okay. He was also in The Story Lady, Bugsby. No, i saying that right. Bugsy, sorry. He was in Seinfeld for two episodes. Most recently, and this was quite a while ago, he was in Providence from 1999 to 2000.
1: All right. Good
0: for him. Last character that we're going to talk about, and I don't know why I'm going to bother, but it's B.B. <laughs> Osterwald, who played Matilda, who was in the episode for like five seconds before she died, but she smacked her lips with that lipstick, so I can't not mention her, right? Yeah,
1: she's another one of those character actors who i recognize but i couldn't name what she's in but she's been
0: in a lot of stuff here let me help she started things off in 1948 with captain billy's mississippi music hall i think i don't know tv series who knows she was in a bunch of stuff in the 50s and the 60s and the everything's (laughs) the tiger makes out 1967 classic role She was in Police Woman from 1976. She was in Charlie's Angels and The Love Boat and Three's Company. So, like, that's pretty good. All back to back. Mama's Family. She was in an episode of Mama's Family. Oh, nice. She was in Back to the Future as additional voices. A classic role. (laughs) (laughs) She was in the Jumanji cartoon series. which Oh, the one we were just talking about. With the incredibly ugly art style. Right. It's hideous. And it lasted three seasons somehow. I've never seen it before. But I feel like I should watch at least one to see what it's up. You know, what's I mean up you with could that. probably
1: go on YouTube, type Jumanji TV and,
0: I at least gotta watch the intro. Regret you know? your life. I don't know. The last thing she was in was Rugrats, where she played Grammy Ginger Snap. Ooh. But that was BB, and that was our cast, Brandon.
1: Wow, Brianna. fantastic. That was
0: yeah. That was a real treat. So you guys want to see what we got going on next week? Yeah.
1: Yeah. What do we got?
0: Okay. So this next episode, Brandon, is called This'll Kill Ya. (laughs) Okay. Not Ease'll Kill Ya, This'll Kill Ya. That's way more boring. Well, let's find out what it's all about. In a research lab, when two colleagues accidentally inject an experimental virus into their sleazy boss that will eventually kill him, he tries to get revenge on them, believing it was no accident.
1: Well, yeah. Good for him. Like,
0: <laughs> okay. Sons of bitches are going to kill him. <laughs> How do you accidentally inject somebody with something? <laughs> Whoops. I don't know. I, my, the hyperdermic needle was filled. I accidentally fell in him. I don't know. Interesting. Well, we'll see what this is all about. Yeah,
1: we'll see next week.
0: It's got Dylan McDermott in it. And I know that oh. name. McDermott
1: Mul- Mulroney?
0: Cool. Yeah, whatever you just said. So we'll see. We'll see. But that's next week. Becca, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. I had a lot of fun oh, chit-chatting with too. you.
2: Thank you for having me again. That Absolutely, was fun.
0: you are welcome anytime that you're able to stay up past 10 p.m. Australian <laughs> time. <laughs> 10 p.m. It's very and I
2: usually go to bed so early, but in fairness, <laughs> I also have to get up early, like this morning. I was like, oh, Brandon, do you want to play Mario? Do you want to hang out? What do you want to do? And he's like, babe, I've only been up for like five minutes. I haven't even peed yet. (laughs) It's like six in the morning. Calm your farm. I love it.
0: I love it. I love having you on. We'll have to have Kim on again sometime. Did we have like i'm gonna cut this did we have an episode where it was you and kim and the both no we were talking about
1: that i want to do one with
2: yeah i think that would be so much fun if i would be on tonight i said is kim gonna be on too
0: no i would love to have an episode with both you guys on i think it'd be a lot of fun you know brandon that was uh that was what was this episode called none but the lonely heart yeah i think i think i'm done for today I'm going to get going to bed. I've been up all night. I actually probably will go back to sleep this morning. You should. <laughs> but <laughs> I know. I've gotten like three hours of sleep. But uh, I will talk with you next week when we talk about This Will Kill ya.
1: All right. I'll be here. Right.
0: Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.